our story. Yes, what exactly is your story? Well, really, I mean, I think it's a perfectly simple question. Honestly, why did you come here? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Televangelist Podcast. I am your host, R.C. Carlton, and today we are going to discuss episodes one and two of WandaVision. It has been over a year since we've had anything from the MCU given to us by our overlords. So this is part of the next phase of Marvel, and they're coming with a show that I will say, at the very least, is very interesting. Uh, I worry about this show for a couple reasons, just to start out with. Well, let's just say I liked it, but let me hit a criticism before we get into the recap. Now, this show, if you're a casual Marvel fan, First of all, you're getting uh, B-level at best, or you're getting B-level at best, probably C-level characters that are getting A-level treatment. So already, if I was going to make a show, Vision and Wanda would not be the first people that I would make the show about. So that's number one. Then the format of the show, which is based on 50s and 60s sitcoms, I think I saw some Brady Bunch influences on the trailer, so that's probably coming next week or the week after that. 50s, 60s, 70s. Maybe they'll get to the 80s. I don't know. That would be kind of cool. But a lot of people aren't going to have the patience to sit through what I believe is three because the screeners went out and it sounds like the reviewers were saying three episodes where not a lot happened as far as moving along the plot goes and definitely not the kind of moving along of the plot that the average Marvel fan would like. So I, I wonder how much of the Civil War, well, yeah, Civil War too, but of the Endgame and the Infinity War audience is going to stay around for a show that proceeds this slowly and is really zany, but something really great might be under the surface after you look a little harder. Or if you wait long enough, you will get back what you invested because everything will blow up and look good. So, we open up both episodes, but we're dealing with episode one. They don't have any uh, nice names or anything, just episode one and episode two. So, we open up, and we get an opening theme song from the people who wrote the Frozen theme song, or from Frozen singers or whatever producers. Whoever wrote the music for Frozen, Disney brought them in for WandaVision. They were supposed to reflect the time period so you got a little bit of Dick Van Dyke show. You got I Love Lucy and one of my favorites from that time period. You got Bewitched, a little bit of Bewitched in here. But we got further along the line it's in uh, episode two that was just overtly coming from the sitcom Bewitched. And it took a very classic 50s sitcom trope and used it to get the show going with the plot. And that's how they did it in the 60s. It was a simple misunderstanding. There's a date on the calendar. It's Wednesday the 23rd. There has been some significance and that's when Marvel announced this show. 
was going to come out, I believe, in 2019. I read that somewhere. But the kitchen calendar, there is a heart on the date of August 23rd. Now, Vision and Wanda cannot remember what that date is about. They don't want to admit it to each other. So, again, that's part of the confusion. It's if it, There would be no sitcoms in the 50s, 60s, and 70s if the people just fessed up and were honest. Usually, they didn't want to tell their partner or their children the truth because it would hurt their feelings. Now, after we see that, Vision goes to a human disguise and he's just human again, okay? Now, when Vision is at the office, Wanda's next door neighbor, Agnes, comes over. Now, later, I might do an Easter egg, uh, Easter egg hunt or Easter egg episode, but let's just say in the comments, she's kind of a mentor to Wanda, the character of Agnes. So we'll see how they do that. And Agnes explains the due date. He, she explains the mystery of the day's date. Agnes thinks it might be the anniversary and she wants to help Wanda plan a romantic night for Vision. But Wanda doesn't know a song or any details about their relationship, but they do come up with a plan. So part of this is what we're slowly seeing is that Wanda kind of threw this together. In the comics, Her she has the ability to shape realities and, and create kind of parallel realities. Um, and she's also unstable mentally, so that doesn't help. Now, with all the grief that Wanda has faced in Infinity War especially, but even in Age of Ultron, her brother died, and she lost Vision twice, and she had to kill him one time, in Infinity War. So her psych her psyche is very damaged. And she's created the one thing you have to look about this show is that she's created this world, this idyllic world that she probably grew up watching reruns of if she's supposed to be the age of my kids, which is like 40s, maybe she's younger. But in general, she's created this idyllic sitcom world where Vision is alive and she's the perfect housewife and he goes off and does his stuff. But the key to this show, you got to watch very carefully, is that there are pieces missing all over the place. They don't have wedding rings. They can't remember the date on the calendar. Back then, it was very important that you had a special song. So Wanda created this world, but she's lacking the details. So as this thing goes along, you see the cracks just beneath the surface, and Wanda tries to fill in the blanks. And one of the lines they use is about the devil uh, that goes on later. Uh, we might get to that. We might not get to that. I don't know, I'm sure what episode it is, to be honest with you, because I'm just going through it. But they talk about the devil and the devils in the details. And Wanda, that's like an Easter egg. And Wanda doesn't have a lot of details about this. So even within the world she's created, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, at the office, Vision goes to the office and he finds out that the heart symbol is a reference to his boss, Mr. Hart. And because Vision is the new guy, he's got to throw a dinner party that night for Mr. Hart and his wife. Now, they do make a reference that this could make or break Vision's career as they did back then to have the boss over for dinner, uh, meet the in-laws. These were common tropes back then in the 50s and 60s for these kind of black and white sitcoms. Now, Vision calls Wanda to make sure she remembered And then later on, Vision says, what does he do for work? And they joke 
basically that he does nothing and everybody does nothing and then we look at the computations there's nothing on the paper so again that could be a sign of wanda creating this world but not adding the details and one of his co-workers tells vision that he is so good at work that he's like a human computer and vision objects I'm a regular carbon-based employee made entirely of organic matter, much like yourself. So there are lots and lots and lots of references to Vision being, what, an android, a robot, or whatever the hell he actually is. But he's not human. Uh, Vision walks into the living room with the hearts. And this is basically how it was in the 50s. The wife would come out in something sexy and then surprise uh, her mate. And so that's what they do here. Uh, again, misunderstandings are what the heart of these sitcoms were all about. Now, Wanda comes out. She's in this sexy garb. She puts her hands over the eyes. This happened a lot. Over the eyes of the boss, which is goofy and not realistic. Maybe if it was really dark, maybe. And they are very embarrassed because Wanda is dressed up in a sexy outfit. And Vision is expecting because of the miscommunication. Again, driving everything. Wanda is expecting Vision. She thinks it's the anniversary. Vision is expecting Wanda to cook dinner. And then, boom, miscommunication. Lots of laughs and gags. They say it's some sort of Russian uh, ritual. And they try to make excuse of it like that. And then Wanda has to get ready and start preparing the meal. Again, all the laughs. Lots of, uh, lots of Lucia Ball references here where Wanda is frantically... Uh, trying to make this meal she calls in for backup for a friend uh very good uh mrs olsen the actress she did a, such a great job of being this sitcom wife she it was perfect acting on her part on her part now despite everything that was going on wanda and vision try to improvise agnes comes over like i said it brings uh, it brings dinner. She just happens to have an, uh, a gourmet meal on hand, which is kind of how these problems, they, there was a lot of easily solved problems from people that would just come out of nowhere and just have everything ready at hand. But uh, one of the funny parts about this is that Vision is really quick on his feet. He sings Yakety Yak and Old McDonald to distract the hearts from the fact that Wanda is using magic and losing everything and so chaotic, which they mentioned. Mr. Hart later mentions, but everything is so chaotic. So Vision does his best to try to use those old songs to distract them. Now, Wanda still kind of screws it up. They serve breakfast for dinner. Mr. Hart is not super impressed, but this is the key. This is another kind of situation where they're bending reality, reality and Wanda's losing control. Wanda's never been a Professor X kind of person or even a Jean Grey kind of person, or the White Queen, Emma Frost. Like, they seem to always have really good control of her powers. Wanda seemed to, like, one little concentration break in the comics, of course, one concentration break, one situation, and she kind of loses control or can't hold it all together. Now, again, we talked about the devil in the details. They ask her questions, and she can't answer the basic questions. And so we go from an I Love Lucy thing to something much darker, the Twilight Zone. Mr. Hart begins to choke, collapse into the ground, and finally Wanda tells Vision to save him. But the darkness there is, does he choke because Wanda wants him to stop asking questions? 
because he's exposing the reality. He's calling them on it. His wife is asking questions. He's at, he is just uh, incredulous because he can't believe they can't answer the most basic question again. The devil in the details. Now things go back to normal, and the hearts leave. Even though they said they were hungry, they barely finished their move. Their um, they barely finished their meal. Wanda and Vision begin cuddling on the couch together and decide to make Yakety Yak their official theme song. Wanda brings on some magic wedding rings. She puts the wedding rings on their finger. Uh, Vision says they live happily ever after. The credits roll, and as the camera pulls back, it's revealed that this is a show within a show. Someone is watching this show that Wanda is putting on, or maybe it's a group. It's been heavily speculated that this is the uh, Nick Fury group sword. Uh, gosh, there's so many things um, in this episode. And again, this episode doesn't give you as much under the surface. You basically really only get that one scene with the choking that shows you that something is not quite right in this world. And if this had been the only show that I had seen after all this time of Marvel being off, which most of the Marvel fans probably watched last show. They probably watched like this was the Mandalorian. And this is a big spoiler alert. Skip 15 seconds, skip 15 seconds, skip 15 seconds that Luke freaking Skywalker comes and you go to this little, I love Lucy sitcom, Dick Van Dyke show sitcom. Then a lot of people would probably be upset, but they did give us two. So that should satisfy a lot of our urges. Uh, I do believe this episode, I think, like I said, they're laying the foundation for something, I think, fantastic. It's a very, very slow build, but you can check and you can hunt for Easter eggs throughout this thing. And if you're a true Marvel fan, you really would enjoy just going by and searching. And there was a commercial that they had in both episodes. The first one in this particular episode uh, is Stark Industries Toastmate 2000. And it shows something that's a little bit wrong. Maybe it's symbolizing vision. It can basically uh, cook anything. The super toaster they have. And we see a little bit of color on the screen. So again, anytime we see color, the world is kind of bending. Reality is coming back. So that's the first episode. And so we are on to episode two. There's a couple of different changes because now we're moving into the 60s. The sexuality is slightly more uh, Vision and Wanda have separate twin beds, which I always thought was really weird. But back then, it was taboo even to have a husband and a wife sleeping in the same bed. Uh, they give a bewitch-type uh, animated sequence to open it. I thought that was really cool because, again, a big fan of bewitched, even the black and white version. Eventually, it became color, but uh, not a real theme song or or lyrics or anything other than Wanda 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 Vision uh, we start out with a cold open because they started to do cold opens like a little bit of a uh, 
a cold open is before the show actually comes on or before the credit starts it opens up cold it's not opening up with the lyrics of a song or anything anyway during that time uh Wanda and vision are in their sleep in, in their separate beds they've sh- shaken out of their slumber by a noise outside their bedroom another very classic trope the man was always expected to go downstairs this time is on the outside of it but the man was always expected to go downstairs and investigate the noise so it that is symbolic of back then uh people not living in farms or in rural areas they're in suburbia and with you're in suburbia it's a little bit more dangerous and there's always this element that someone would come into your home and you wouldn't know it was the man's job to go downstairs and do it in this case they play on that trope by having the noise outside it turns out it's only just a branch wanda brings the two beds closer and they make sweet love. Now, that seems like nothing. But if you look underneath the surface, I have a feeling that it really is the helicopter, sword helicopter that we saw later in this episode. That's what I have a feeling. That it's banging. That's banging. There's, I think the banging will continue. I think the banging has some sort of significance about a break in reality or break in this reality that Wanda has created. I, I really believe that that is a significant moment. But again, the show, there's so many moments um, that are significant that don't seem like they're significant, which makes it a really brilliant show. I will put that these two episodes are brilliant. They are not entertaining all the time, or not super entertaining, but they are brilliant. And sometimes when you're trying to do something brilliant, it's not always super entertaining even though it's very smart you know the smartest guy at the dinner party is often not the most fun or exciting but i'm hoping this show can do both now wanda does say when they start to rehearse for the talent show for the town's talent show for a fundraiser she says that uh she wants the magic tricks not to rely on their actual power wanda tells vision in a real magic act, everything is fake, which might be a clue as to what's going on. None of this is real, or it's only real uh, in Wanda's reality that she's created, but it's not the real world. Uh, they stopped doing the rehearsal because Wanda has to go to the planning committee, planning committee meeting for a fundraiser, and Vision, because of the knocking outside of his window, wants to go to the neighborhood watch meeting, which is at the local library. But before that, Wanda hears a buzzing outside and discovers that a toy helicopter has landed in the bushes. Now, this is, I believe, other than maybe the toaster, but definitely for this episode, it is the first hint of color we see. The helicopter is red and gold, and it has a sword on it. So, perhaps S.W.O.R.D., the organization uh, that's of, you know, like S.H.I.E.L.D., similar to S.H.I.E.L.D., S.W.O.R.D., but maybe that is a drone or maybe it's a way for them to spy on her to see what wanda's doing a lot of times when wanda takes over these realities a lot of people get hurt so they're probably trying to monitor that trying to get in it from what we see later in the episode try to get in that reality to stop her maybe that's the only way you can get into that reality you have to get into the reality to stop her maybe i don't know if she's got a bubble around it all or what but anyway, this throws Wanda for a loop, 
until she's interrupted by Agnes. And Agnes takes her to the committee meeting run by Dottie, who's a real ball breaker. And but Dottie is like the traditional woman who holds all the power in the community and can make or break your social reputation. Now, again, Agnes says that she warns Wanda that Dottie is the queen of the cul-de-sac. And getting on her good side is the success. It will give Wanda success in the neighborhood, but it's not really a good meeting. We do meet Geraldine, who's going to have a role. Geraldine is the black, the little black girl in, I uh, believe it is, oh, why did it slip my brain? And um, I might have to come back to that because, of course, it did not, uh, uh, didn't do it. Let me look it up real quick. But um, I think it's Miss Marvel. Is it in Miss Marvel? Give me one second because I just, yeah. Okay, so it's in Miss Marvel. She is the uh, she's the black girl that appears in that. So, or I think it is. Anyway, sorry about that if I didn't uh, if I didn't get that right. But she will appear. She does have um, a very big role uh, in the, the second Miss Marvel movie, and it probably looks like she's gonna have a pretty big role in this particular. Uh, just want to double check because I don't know how my brain just totally fried out here. Captain Marvel. So I wanted to call it a Miss Marvel. Sorry about that. Doing the podcast live, but I will not erase it. Uh, Captain Marvel. She's going to be in Captain Marvel 2. Have a pretty big role. Um, then we go on to Wanda helping with the cleanup. She tries to suck up to Dottie, but it doesn't really work. And she tells Dottie that Vision and her mean no harm. Dottie says, I don't believe you. And then the clock radio stops from being a song called Help Me Rhonda to a male voice saying, who's doing this to you, Wanda? And it looks like another crack in the armor, chink in the armor, crack underneath the surface, uh, a problem in the foundation of what Wanda has built. Dottie breaks the glass in her hand. And the blood shines blood red, bright red. And we see, again, we see color because the world that Wanda is building is cracking. But then we get a commercial break. And this time it was about a watch. And it was the familiar trope that this watch can make the man. You have a great watch. Then you get a great woman. If you show her all that you have to offer, she will love you. And the watch is a way of grabbing your uh, uh, a man, grabbing a woman. It It's called Strucker. Wolfgang von Strucker is a character with a lot of significance in Wanda's life. That's definitely an Easter egg for, for the future. Now, in one of the comics, he's a leader of Hydra. So we're probably going to see more, but that's a good Easter egg there with the watch. Now we come back to the show. And let's see. Vision is at the neighborhood watch meeting and he's a little awkward socially because he's Vision, but he's having a good chat with them and he doesn't want any food. He's given bubba gum or chewing gum and he accidentally swallows it 
and evidently that's like getting him drunk. During that time, he does call one of his uh, neighbors a communist, which is a really, really big accusation, but they take it uh, not so seriously. But in the, it, it looks like Vision is actually telling the truth about that, that this guy is a communist, but nobody believes him and it ingratiates him to the rest of the neighborhood. But Vision being the computer that he is, he can kind of figure it out probably by the guy's tendencies. Vision doesn't lose his super abilities, but he is drunk. And he powers through the magic act by using his powers. Wanda covers for him by using her own skill to make the magic seem real or maybe make it seem fake. Because at first it was real and she wanted to make the magic seem real in a magic sense. So again, the altering of reality that Wanda's doing, even that and the concept that it's a show within a show. Uh, <laughs> Geraldine is kind of surprised and doesn't can't figure out the trick, but she kind of goes with it. And Wanda and Vision are a hit for the day, winning Comedy Performance of the Year award, and they take a bow. It wasn't so hard to fit in after all, Wanda declares, and she and Vision cuddle on the couch. But when she gets up, she suddenly discovers that all of the talk about for the children might have had an unexpected effect. Because now she is noticeably pregnant. That also happened a lot at the, it wasn't a PTA, but the neighborhood meeting for the ladies. They kept saying, for the children, for the children, like a mantra. But now Wanda is pregnant. They hear noise outside and there's a man in a beekeeper outfit crawling out of the sewer hole just outside of their house. Again, with a logo on the back of his jumpsuit. And Wanda says, no, he's not there anymore. We rewind all the way back to a pregnant Wanda and Vision happy at their home together. And the world turns to color. Now, a couple things with that. Wanda is a god of this world. She can control time. If you go back and look, she has a lot of the powers that the stones, that the Infinity Stones have. If you notice that, the powers that she's using... So that's one kind of Easter egg. And we see reversing time just like uh, Thanos did in their other parts of it where she was showing the powers of the Infinity Stone. She figures it out. At the end, she figures out that everything keeps breaking. The reality keeps bending. And she keeps filling in the spots. So now, instead of trying to keep it black and white, she evolves it into color. And I'm imagining that the next episode will also be color. I've said a lot about these episodes. This episode was a little better. I, I, I enjoyed the fact that they came together, uh, not just one at a time. We definitely needed that. Next week, to my explanation or my knowledge, we're only getting one episode. So it's really going to have to pick up. It doesn't. It only has nine episodes, but I guess you can be pa a little patient. But next week, if there's nothing going on, I'm not sure how much longer I can stay, but... I don't know. I'm just, I'm of two minds. And and I think there's an age gap too. Some of the younger guys that I know in their 20s and their 30s, they're not as tolerant because they didn't grow up with these kind of shows. I did grow up with these kind of shows. So it doesn't bother me as much. I can kind of enjoy it because I could probably enjoy an I Love Lucy episode. I certainly could enjoy a Bewitch episode or probably what's coming next, the 70s, a Brady Bunch episode. I can enjoy all that. So some people, they just can't. Um, there's some Easter eggs there, some nice things. The production design changed over the two episodes to get to more of a 60s feel. 
you can see that they have a lot of uh they've given a lot of care to the show about the specifics of each decade and we got the for the children thing and maybe that's the i don't know maybe that is for her having the child or maybe that's another meeting another meaning but it, it was really really kind of weird i i don't i don't know where they're going with that but uh, we're seeing, I think, what is setting up is Sword is going to come and try to take this world that Wanda has built up. Uh, I missed it the first episode, but I'll say it now. When they were pouring the wine at the dinner scene, there was a House of M reference on the uh, wine. And this is probably the most important corp comic book storyline that we can associate with this world that Wanda has built in House of M. And in the comic books, Wanda and Quicksilver are mutants so they're this they're the descendants they're the children of magneto the most one of the most powerful mutants the enemy of the x-men so she creates this world and everyone in that world basically has their perfect life and of course it, there are cracks in it and they figure that out but the same thing here and at the end of x-men she said or the end of house of m she said no more mutants Many people believe that she's going to do the opposite and introduce mutants to the MCU officially. So there's that. Um, give me your thoughts, your feedback. If you dig this, please give us five stars. Spread the word uh, in a review. Maybe ask questions or give me your theories. Give me your predictions. Anything. But this has been R.C. Carlton for the Televangelist Podcast. Hope you enjoy this show, and I hope you continue to enjoy WandaVision. I have high hopes for it.